Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So let's welcome everybody to this episode of Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. I'm and, Mark. Oh. And I am Greg. Yes. You'll Hi, hear Mark a couple and Greg. Of, hello, Mark and Greg. You're going to hear a couple new voices today, or actually, they're kind of uh, old voices because they joined us last season uh, for the premiere, and we've asked them to join us again. Our lovely partners, Mark and Greg, are going to chime in with their thoughts and opinions and feelings about this episode today. How's everybody doing tonight? Not bad. Not bad. How about you? Excellent. Yes, I know. I'm worried about Mark. I know he has to get up at an ungodly hour. So I think that we should be efficient little uh bunnies Love it. and uh get moving and just say that this week we're going to be talking about uh season three episode one of bones called the widow's son in the windshield all right perfect widow's so, son in the windshield excellent yeah how do you like that title eh i love it although i have it actually doesn't make any sense whatsoever but we're going to talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> i agree I agree and agree and agree. So <laughs> I just, I don't know. I want to ask the boys, like Greg and Mark, what was it like? Now, Mark, I know you watched the show with Brittany a lot. So were you familiar with, like, what was happening, like, with all the characters at this point? Yeah, I kind of had, like, a, a general idea of what's going on. <laughs> yes i know Greg, i still I no gave clue. him like a quick update though i was like yeah. okay going into this episode you need to know a few things should i maybe mention them now in case people need a recap yeah let's sure. do sure that's always a good idea like just a couple okay. minutes yeah for sure yeah not even i'll yeah. i'll be quick so hmm. um booth and brennan are left standing at the altar because at the end of season two because turns out Angela's married, so Angela and Hodgins cannot get married. That's point number one. Number two, at the end of last season, uh, Booth decided to arrest Max Keenan, finally, after Max shows up at Brennan's work and is like, hey, baby, I heard you're getting married. Big oops. He ends up in jail. Not the smartest move. <laughs> and those are the two main things that you need to know. <laughs> oh, and Zach is leaving left for Iraq. That's the other thing. I almost forgot about right. Zach. Don't forget about Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, His last so here name we is are. Addy. How can I ask now, like how you feel about this as a season premiere? Brittany. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I really like it. I find, and we'll talk about it as we go, but Angela and Hodgins storyline is 
ridiculous and stupid, but other than them, <laughs> I really love it because we're going to be introduced to a new character. We're going to see a little bit more of our um, lawyer, Carolyn. We're going to see Booth being absolutely adorable mm-hmm. and Brennan being awkward as anything. So back to our usual yes. approach. Yes. And generally this episode is very creepy. So I feel like Kelly's going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up Brittany's horror, horror oh nightmares. She hates it. I watched it like five <laughs> times. I'm what? like. Why do I keep doing this? Oh, yeah. I just kept watching it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a good episode. How about you? What do you Me? think? Good good premiere? Well, much stronger than the premiere of season two. I'll give it that. And it sets up, you know, all kinds of different scenarios, situations, people. So it's going to be really, I think it's going to be exciting and kind of fast paced and super like I noticed in a lot of scenes and we'll probably talk about this. Everybody's together. Everybody's chit chatting and like really bouncing ideas off each other, which I kind of am interested in. And I'm curious about this new character. I'm going to ask you about this in one minute. I'm sure. Okay. So why don't you start (laughs) us off, Brittany, by telling us what happens? Sure. I you, was also going to just quickly mention to you yes. something very exciting. So there, the director of this episode, Ian Toynton, um, he, this is the first episode that he directs of Bones. Um, so the Widow's Son and the Windshield. But he yeah. goes on to direct 28 episodes of the show. Wow. So this okay. is the first of, of many. Okay. Um, and the lady who, one of the ladies who writes the show... So other than Kathy Reichs and Hart Hansen, so they always have a third writer. Um, she actually wrote quite a few of the episodes that that you liked quite a bit in season two. Okay. Um, the Headless Witch in the Woods, The Girl with the Curl. She wrote those episodes. You said I the like bodies those in the episodes? Book. You're so Yeah, funny. you love The Headless Witch in the Woods. I was <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> oh, I thought it was so funny, that one. <laughs> so she directed or she wrote some some of those episodes and she she wrote she was the executive story editor and wrote most of the season three episodes so it'll be interesting to see what this looks like especially with the the writer strike that made this a short season basically okay sorry so that's my who directed and who wrote what's up I'll just say that the boys, you can hop in anytime if you want to make comments about what's happening during the episode, and we'd love to hear what you think. So start us off, Britt. <laughs> I think Mark's going to have a comment right away. Okay, so sure. We we uh, start with three people driving in a car, a designated driver and two horny teenagers who can't keep their hands off of each other. And they're having this like deep, in quotes, conversation. Um where basically the designated driver is bickering back at these two because they're just high as kites and he's like, I'm the designated driver. So he um, is like trying to pay attention to the road and suddenly, bam, there's a skull that falls through his windshield and it gets stuck perfectly in the windshield, perfectly preserving it. So it doesn't shatter. It doesn't go through the windshield. We have this very cool scene 
like I don't I don't know. I thought it looked really cool the way that it embedded. Yes, Kelly. It did, look, that say... did look really cool. Yeah, like when it, it, it look... when, when it was yeah. embedded. But what was the other thing that like the driver had that near miss before the skull? Yeah. <laughs> like he's a, a designated driver. driver and he, he has might not some... have been he might have been yes kelly <laughs> i do this because i want to say something so i don't want to like interrupt but i'm just saying <laughs> this really bugged me i hate this thing in tv and movies where people look away from the wheel or the they look away Same. from the road all the time and nothing happens and i'm just like i've actually tried doing this myself in real life to see how long i can go without maybe possibly getting into an accident because i think it's oh so God. annoying it's so annoying even it's when you're so going dangerous. straight even when you're going straight it's like you could just go this way or that, just yeah. because of the way you're looking, you know? Bugs me. Yes, I think Mark. we're overlooking the largest, most obvious point here. These are not real snow these are not real stoners. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're missing a key key thing here. There's yeah. not a bag of chips between the three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no snack food for stoners. What's Mark, wrong with these people? The very beginning. Beginning of this, I knew he was going to say something because the very beginning of this episode, he's like, "These aren't real stoners." I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> okay. And why do they have to be? Why do all skaters have to be stoners? Skater true in the, in the comments it's listed as skater girl and skater yeah. boy, right? There is also no skateboard. Yeah, there's also no skateboard. How does that make you a <laughs> skater? Why can't you just be like? A loser in high school that loves to smoke. She is yeah. in his lap, so I'm thinking she's going to give him a super tote. Do you remember? You guys remember super totes? <laughs> like Brittany, that is what's going to happen right is? there. I do know what a super tote is. Yeah, so she's way. ready to give him a super tote, and this dweeb from the front keeps on looking back because he wants to. He wants to either take a peek at her, you know, because she's got a mini skirt on, but we don't know that. I'm just <laughs> that's what I was thinking, or you know. <laughs> Or don't be a purr. Like, like, painting a picture. I'm painting a picture. It's like, you know, I'm just painting a picture. Why is he looking back and swerving? This is not a picture. This action? is a fantasy. This is a fantasy. <laughs> As a DD driver, yeah, that's my oh my god. It is super dangerous. They this is Jesus. the beginning of our episode, though. So at least mm -hmm. we have a skull. They somehow mm -hmm. didn't die in this collision. So all is good. <laughs> Right, right, but, right. Okay. I can't wait any longer. We're back at the lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. And we finally meet Dr. Clark Edison. Yes. The guy who thinks Clark. that maybe he will be replacing Zach Addy, who has been away for three months in Iraq. So Brennan is not really giving this guy much attention. He seems to be very good. He, they basically are there. The scene is they're testing him to say, okay, what, who is the person that these bones belong to? And he gets it right that it's a construction worker who experienced a foundation collapse. But Brennan is like not even interested. <laughs> and Cam, he makes a comment to Cam because Brennan kind of just walks away and 
he's like, man, I don't think I'm impressing her. But she's, she says, I still am not completely certain what Dr. Brennan thinks of me. So like, don't worry about it. Just take it with a grain of salt. But I like this guy. <laughs> I like him too. And I'll ask you later about his involvement later in the series okay. because I'm very curious. He seems like a cool dude and I really, really like, he seems great. And Cam loves him. Booth loves him. Brennan is like non plus, I think is the word. Like she just is very aloof and she's acting very strange. Yeah. And Booth, Booth is there to grab Brennan and take her to the accident scene where they found this, where they have this car with the skull in the windshield. And Brennan yeah. goes with him to the scene. So we're going to move forward to the scene. Yes. Brennan is so annoyed. She does not want to be there. Booth is like, what the hell's your problem? Like, I don't understand. Like, he's like, what's happening? Like, do you even want to work with me anymore? Like, he's really insecure in this moment. And he's just like, what's happening? He's like a puppy dog. Well, but she's not communicating anything with him she's being really passive aggressive and very aloof and disconnected and she's just not listening to anything he's saying and she doesn't want to be there and she's like what the hell is going on there's no like dead bodies there's nothing happening and then he points at this skull that's embedded in the windshield and she gets kind of excited and he keeps asking like what's going on why don't you want to work with me and she's like ignoring him Hmm. and uh so it turns out she hasn't been going to crime scenes with him since Zach left, basically. And he just doesn't know what's going on. He feels like they're not working well together in this symbiotic kind of way that he feels like they were in the past. And during this sort of conversation he's sort of having by himself, he she says that the skull belongs to a teenage male person. And they're trying to figure out in this conversation, like by talking to the teen driver who was in the accident, they're trying to find out where the skull came from, because it's kind of weird, like how it ended up here. And I don't know if you want to go into detail about all the stuff that happens, but basically they figure out that the skull was thrown from a highway overpass onto like down into the windshield. So that's how it arrived there. Yeah, they kind of they're getting the impression that someone was trying to throw the skull into the garbage truck that was going by, and then it basically bounced off the garbage truck and ended up on the windshield. So it's like so weirdly convoluted the way that they go about this. Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) I don't know. Also, this driver is like, I wasn't high. I'm the designated (laughs) driver. Just let me take a pee test. He's like so upset that they think he's like is later they call it the reefer mobile or something like that. Mobile, yes. When was the weed legalized? When was all this shit done? 2017. That was really? in Canada though. Like in the States, it's still not legal. Only by state state by state. And it probably I don't think it is it legal? In Colorado. Legal federally though. Yeah, sure? and I don't think it's legal in Washington. Okay. When did weed become legal? I'm looking it up. Why don't you move forward and talk Look to us about Maryland. this next scene? Okay. Colorado so, uh, was before 17, though. I think yeah. 15. yeah. Colorado was think, way yeah. before. This is, in, this is in Washington, D.C., I think, right? Yeah. 
I think. It's such an old term, the reefer mobile. Or I know. Reefer. Yeah. It's like that's that's what like my high my grade school teachers called it. Yes. <laughs> the the reefer. Yeah. Um Jesus. okay. Now we're gonna cut to our B plot, which I think is so outrageous, yeah. but it's pretty funny. So we're gonna go with it. So Angela and Hodgins did not get married. It's now three months later. They've hired this private investigator named Doug Doily. And they're sitting in the Royal Diner because that seems like an appropriate place. Not their home, not an office, but they're just talking about it at the bar of the Royal Diner. Um, so basically, the problem here is that Angela doesn't actually know who she's married to because she was extremely drunk when she got married. It was in Fiji. And <laughs> anyway, it seems like a very interesting situation. They ask if like... If they consummated the marriage, she's like, yeah, of course. Like, there was a full moon. And we were in the tropics. <laughs> Hodgins is unfazed by this. Like, he seems... Completely unfazed. Totally unfazed. And I just want to say that Hodgins' hair is really bad. Like, I don't know <laughs> if they're just trying to figure out what to do with his hair because it's so crazy. We were saying the opposite. We said it looks better. I thought his hair looked great short. <laughs> We did also just shave our kid's head, like, what, a couple like weeks it. ago? I like his hair poofy a little bit, poofy on top. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get back there. We'll see. Okay. So the description that Angela can come up with and basically just end up throwing more money at this guy, at this private investigator, because all she can come up with it is that this guy is tall, muscular, black, and his name may have had a B in it, but it could have also been a K. So wow. she's going to make them a sketch instead. <laughs> a sketch. I'll make you a sketch. I'll make you a sketch. And he'll probably be smiling. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, oh, my so God. The... Also, mm -hmm. sorry. There's a lot of scenes before we get to the, the credits this time. Usually it's like one or two scenes. We have five scenes before we get to the credits. Yeah, there's anyway, a lot sorry, of setup. I think people were just excited to get into this episode because they probably waited a while for episode one, right? So oh, yeah, you got to get sure. all the juicy stuff happening, set all the plot points, get her going. But regardless, they got to find this guy so they can annul the, the marriage. And yes, um, it's just as a couple of times it happens. I don't know if it happens here, but it definitely happens later. A couple of times where Hodgins basically says it doesn't matter how much it costs. <laughs> He will pay the PI whatever it takes to find this guy and get rid of him. I thought Mark was going to say something, but he's drinking. Isn't that funny? And they got, some, they, got some, uh, they got some new money, too, because the everything looks like they spent some money on that first Oh, scene. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It looks oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it looks lighting, good, right? That's lighting lighting all these good. cars are rolled over, big trucks on the side. Yeah. And those those uh, teenagers in the reefer mobile are still fine. But I'm just saying, <laughs> of course, but the first episode of the last season was a huge train wreck with a fire. And that costs a lot of money, too. Like explosions, yeah. maybe and fire and premieres. Yeah, well, they have the yeah. most money in their budget at that point. It's near the end where they run out of money. Right. So because they didn't budget it properly. They're like, oh, yeah. our, our budget is one billion. We should spend one hundred million in well, the first episode you have some episodes set like in one place like in the lab or something yeah. right so it's a cheap episode then regardless they go Speaking back of, to the lab 
back of the lab. What do we have? What's going on? Oh, the new squint is doing the uh, diagnosis on the skeleton laid Indeed. out on the, one of the beautiful table platforms. It is. Do you want to take this away, Kelly? Well, we're back at the lab. Cam and Brennan are actually looking over the skull that they found in the windshield. And Cam wants Brennan. She's kind of encouraged Brennan to hire this Clark Edison dude. Toot sweet. Like she really needs him, her to hire. Her. So she's finding all these markings on the skull. And Brennan is not comfortable hiring him right away. She hasn't made her decision. And I'm telling you, this is a big change in Cam. She's very patient, very patient with Brennan yeah. and says, well, I need to take all the time you need to decide. But I'll remind you that we've gone through 17 people like this. And I think that is unacceptable and crazy. I would never, I would, that's terrible to put people through that. Like, and also, how many more do all that could work? there be? Exactly. How many brilliant forensic scientists are there? Anyway, it's a far cry for, for Cam to be, have this attitude, um, given how far, you know, where we started with her last season. Hey, she does mention would, that. She does mention that. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. My view of Cam has totally changed since the last time we were on the show. Yes, 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 yes. You love her. She's wonderful. Only because she's changed. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. She was such a bitch at the beginning of last season. No, she wasn't. She's so caring and awesome. She's she was I pissing stand on my her ground. territory. No, she was pissing on people's legs, marking her territory, and she was, you know, setting the stage and standing her ground. And I wonder if anyone would feel the same way if it was a man walking into that same position and behaving the way she did. Anyway. Probably not. But this scene, the end of the scene is hilarious. Please, yes. go, please explain what happens. Well, basically, Brennan walks over to the phone to call Booth, and he answers the phone so enthusiastically. He's walking down the street, answering the phone with a suit on, eating a sandwich, and he's so excited hot that hot dog. Hot no, dog, it's a sandwich. Dog. I'm arguing with you now, and Could I'm going to win. Globasa. It's probably no, it a hoagie. Was just a hot dog. Okay, I'm going to bring this up, and I'm going to win. on that note he's on the phone he's eating something and he's excited because brennan called him and he bear up she apparently has not called him in weeks weeks oh anyway she's discovered there's certain types of scrapes on top of the skull that suggest what's called an ungual pattern which means basically that this guy's face was eaten by a cannibal what, and, what what kind of pattern is that? An uncle pattern? An, an uncle pattern, Kelly? <laughs> uncle. Uncle. A G. Uncle. Uncle. Yes, yes. And then, of course, when he hears that, he throws a sandwich away on the street. He's so grossed out. Just like a man and the bear. Yes. <laughs> da, 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 da. Ba, da, ba, da. And then we have our intro. Sing it, Brittany. Ding. <laughs> I was singing it, but but my microphone was on mute and I didn't realize it because I had it with my nose. That's funny. 
a beautiful duet <laughs> i'm watching Ruth oh my on God. the phone with brennan right now on the show hold on it's a cannibal yeah, like okay. a bear or a dog i'm in the same place vernacular i need to know look i think greg's right i think it's greg's a hot right. dog <laughs> i think greg's right you should you have win. made a bet no i don't gamble that's bad Especially she for will Booth. not gamble. Booth is a bad gambler. We can't we can't do it in, in solidarity. Booth doesn't booths don't gamble. Also, <laughs> did you notice the cover art for season three? Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah, but like, what's up with that? I was wondering if his gambling comes into play this season. Oh, I didn't I don't think I noticed that. I just noticed the coloring. Oh, well, they have look at cards. It. Oh. In the artwork. I was curious about that. Because he's holding the Ace of Spades. I did it? not notice that he was doing that. Yes. Because I know so it does come observant. up eventually. Anyway, regardless. Where are we? I'm so excited about this next scene because somebody shows up in the scene. I was so happy to see him. Please tell me. Where are we? Is it Agent Charlie that yes. you're very excited about? Yes, I'm excited <laughs> about Agent Charlie. Agent Charlie's back. He is talking about the reefer mobile. They're explaining what happened. Um, and basically, Booth, Caroline, and Agent Charlie are in the same room, in this conference room, and they're deciding, they're realizing and deciding that they need to shut down the landfill and start combing for body parts. Because if someone's making a habit of tossing body parts off of the overpass into passing dump trucks, then there has to be more than just a head somewhere. Yes, I so. think that our friend Caroline is here as our expositionist. She does like to explain like what's happening all the time. Like, you mean to tell me we've got somebody dumping skeletons into passing dump trucks from the overpasses? And that's it's just a like perfect, perfect. <laughs> like that's spot on, Caroline. She's great. I love I this love character. Her. Oh yeah. Greg, I love Greg this character. Loves her. So much sass. I love it. I love yeah. it too. I love Shuri. it too. Shuri. She always calls Booth Shuri. It's great. Okay. So she's the judge, right? So she's giving them the warrants? So she is the assistant attorney? Yeah. Assistant, assistant DA district General, attorney General or attorney? something. District attorney, yeah. District attorney. So they have to go still and get the... Do they still have to go and get the warrant? But she'll... I guess she'd be the one to, to get it. So we end up in the bone room... And they're taking a look at these at this skull. And Dr. Edison, this guy that Brennan is paying no attention to, yes. actually found something extremely important 
for this case. Well, they're looking at X of the skull. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at it's up on the screen. So they're looking at two separate skull x-rays side by side. So they found something called an osteoma, which is basically like a thing. Well, it, it, it's as it's a marking on the skull, but it's very uncommon. So each one is very distinctive. So if this person had been to the hospital or been to an uh, ENT to take a look at this, then they would have a, an x-ray that they could match up and figure out who this is. So that would be very helpful considering all they have is a skull. So although if they have a skull, can't Angela do a sketch? She has other things to do, you know, that are more important, like find her husband and what we find out that she does later. But regardless, uh, did we already talk about the osteoma or the bone spur and how it's a unique, distinct thing that would identify this person? So I guess we don't need Angela is what I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah, probably not. Um. They, while this is happening, while they're talking about this, a bunch of bone chips are delivered from the landfill mm-hmm. um, and more and more are coming. So like, but it's crazy. Also, Angela takes an opportunity to completely overstep. And there are lots of theories during this episode for why Brennan is acting so weird. And we can talk at the end of the episode, maybe about yes. which one we think is accurate. Yeah. But Angela confronts Brennan And is like, Hodgins and I left you standing at the altar with Booth. And that's why you're being so awkward. And until you figure out and catch up to realize that that's what, that's why you're being so weird, then we can't talk. But come talk to me when you catch up to this, sweetie. (laughs) She says, calls her sweetie twice. And she's giving her the gears about how she's treating Booth. And I just feel like Brennan actually in this episode is being a real see you next Tuesday. Like she's being a dick to everybody. And I just think like, get over yourself, honey. Like, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous how she's treating. She's being really aloof and yeah she's just not being very nice especially to this guy clark who's working his butt off and helping them with the goddamn investigation like give me a break yeah and goes on to in the most awkward position ever in the next scene right because they go back to this area yeah they're looking at all these those bones and shit that they found in the landfill and they look like bones or it could be bones some of it's plastic whatever booth asks if any of the bones are human brennan says i don't know i have to check them and see clark pipes up and says he can do that for you i I can i can do that for you brennan dr brennan and booth is he lights up at the, he's excited because he's like, oh, good. I can get Brennan to come out of the lab and come with me somewhere. And then Brennan's like, no, no, no. It's too much work for one person. I have to help him. This kind of stuff could take months and months to do. And then Booth puts Clark in a weird place and says, come on, come on, Clark. You can, you can do it, can't you? And then Clark, he figures. Is this true? <laughs> he, he doesn't take the bait. He knows what's happening. He knows what Booth is doing. And he's like, ah, no, you put me in a bad position. I, I'm trying to get this job. I'm not going to go against the woman who's going to hire me, you know? Brown noser. But then what does Booth say to Clark? 
Zach would have told me. <laughs> like, that's awesome. and then just walks away. Like, that's the end of the scene. But oh I God. am curious. Yes. Are these people that are these people that are applying for this job? Like, this guy has now worked. Like, we've seen him in quite a few scenes. So he's been working at least the full day. Is he getting paid? I wondered that too, because it seems like a lot of effort to put in for a job that you might not get. Do you know what I mean? He already yeah. has the qualifications, obviously, and the certifications. He already went to school for 18 thing. years, you know? Mark is trying to get the, the camera to move. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's moving now, Brittany. Oh, my God. No way. My webcam is very weird. Um, okay. So then I have another weird scene. This is, I love this episode, but there's lots of like odd scenes. So this one, um, we end up back, we end up back at the diner with Booth and Cam and they're eating dinner together no, as not. friends. It would bar. appear so. They're at a bar. That's not Royal Are they? Diner. Yeah, they're at a bar. Oh, I thought they were at the diner. No, they're drinking whiskey and beer. They're talking. I was so sure they were at the diner. Oh my god, this is the funniest thing because they're out having drinks after Booth storms out of the lab because Brennan's not going to come with him and do shit. Uh, Clark is so stressed out. So the next scene, we got Booth and Cam drinking together. They're like old buddies, like old cops after their shift, like hanging out. And he's bitching to Cam about how Brennan, like he's trying to figure out what the hell Brennan's problem is. And he's like, it could be this, could be that. There's all these things, right? Like, including the fact that he arrested her father. And then Cam was not reassuring him at all. She's like, you're basically screwed. Like, you know, you you did this, you did that. You know, Zach's away, father's in jail, blah, blah, blah. And then finally he gets a call that uh, they've ID'd the victim, the skull. Saved by the bell. Is I just want to say. Dinner was getting worse. Me. Before you talk about them back at the lab, back at the lab, I I just want to say it's funny that they were just drinking scotch and beers and now they're at the lab. Like, I just can imagine them. They're half in the bag and now they're like <laughs> at the lab going, yeah, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's great night. Let's take, let's take a look at these x-rays. So no, but they this have is made set up. It. This is set up for the evening, right? The phone yeah, rings. I think so. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, it's casual. It's totally the evening. It's uh, and they're going back to the lab at night like this. Yeah, I guess Booth they love wearing... to work overtime. I didn't realize they're accountants. Kind of weird. Booth is wearing another T-shirt that I can't tell what it says underneath his jacket, and it's the same font as all the other freaking T-shirts he wears that I can't yeah. tell what it says. You can only see like just enough to make you curious, but not enough to actually know what it says. I'm going to put pictures so, of like season one, season two, season three t-shirts. You have to. <laughs> you have to. And we could try to piece it together. Oh my God. So this is, it turns out that the victim is a professional violin player. Um, A 22 year old kid who willowy. had a $3 willowy. million. Dollar, pardon? He's willowy. His willowy kid. 23 22 year old willowy kid yes who has a three million dollar violin which is insane so brennan is like okay so i guess we have a cannibalistic violin thief who loves to eat 
faces <laughs> mark in all fairness the face meat is the tastiest meat of any animal <laughs> oh yeah i just hit my tooth cheeks. so hard <laughs> greg cheeks. loves a cheek mm, num, greg num. loves a cheek really fish cheeks yeah the fish cheek is the best smiles are tasty <laughs> oh my god guys do a health and wellness check on me tomorrow morning where's the mic <laughs> greg where's your mic uh mike is mike is yeah. now in bring my it hands. a little closer to your mouth please <laughs> yeah okay well so basically yeah we have we know who it is we yeah. know that they found like this grit on the skull so hodgins is gonna take a look at what that is and maybe that'll help identify where the body where the this person was killed yeah um and then basically Kim is getting, I don't know, Brennan doesn't want anything to do with anything. So Cam gets Booth to take Angela. No, yes. listen, we're missing, you're missing a huge part here. Okay, go. You take this it over. Another example. No, no, I'm just saying Brennan is such a bitch. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> Because Booth is excited that they're working together really well in this moment. Because he's like, okay, we're going to, like, he was last seen speaking, you know, hanging out with his girlfriend. So we're going to go interview his girlfriend. And look how well we're working together. It's very symbiotic. He says that word. And she goes, "She, you've already said that word. Like, you've already said this. Like, is this, what is this, the is word of the, the day? Is the word of the day? Yeah. And I was like, wow. Oh, rude. What a sick burn. Like, I was just like. Wow, Brennan, what the hell? Uh, and he wants her to go with her to interview the girlfriend and she turns him down. And like you said, Cam interrupts the bickering and says, you know what? Just take Angela. She can do her magic. And yeah, you have to talk she reads, about this. Angela reads minds in Listen, season three. Brittany, you have to talk about this. And Mark, I want to hear your thoughts on this next situation because it's absolutely crazy. Oh, my God. It's actually kind of cool, though. Um, I'm just going to scroll down. <laughs> there we go. Now I can actually read my notes. So basically, they have in their FBI interrogation room, interview room, not interrogation room, uh, someone named Amelia Tratner, who she has a whole scrapbook of the victim, Gavin Nichols. Um, so basically what's happening here, which is very odd is Booth is interviewing her, but Angela's in his ear. So she's asking, she's saying like, you should say this, you should say that, whatever. Um, they're trying to get an idea of how Amelia knows Gavin. And anyway, it basically, it is really weird. We're going through all these photos and, and one of the photos, she's looking all sad, which to me, it didn't look like she looked sad. It looked like she was going like, Ah, <laughs> yes, Kelly. Did we already talk about the that Angel's wearing a headset? No, we have not. She's I did wearing... mention it, kind of like she's like wearing. A headset. She's in Boo's ear. She's wearing a headset, and she has a yeah. camera like zooming in, looking at this photo album, and she's talking to Booth through a hair earpiece. Two things: this headset is stupid. Okay, three things. 
Booth is acting like he's never had a fucking earpiece in his ear. He's a sniper. That's what I, yes. A police officer yeah. and an FBI agent. And he's acting like he's never had an earpiece in. And he's acting like a rookie. They're using this photo album to figure out this relationship that I guess this woman brought in. And she put that photo of her looking over longingly. Do you have photo albums from 2007? Yeah. Really? Maybe not 2007. That's crazy. Yes, I do. Of the children. (laughs) Like this one, no? Like, it's not even like a scrapbook. It's like a boring photo album. But... What is Westphalia? What do you want to say? And Mark? why I is it on the rise? What you have to say? What'd you say? <laughs> what is West uh, Westphalia, and why is it on the rise? It's in the scrapbook. It's You're just like there's the an article. <laughs> there's an article in the scrapbook. Is there? Yeah. Apparently, what do you have to say, Mark? Come on, share your thoughts. I want to hear it. It's happening. Yeah, like, I mean, never mind ne- the earpiece. Has he never conducted an uh, interrogation or questioned anyone <laughs> before? Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is kind of awkward. I don't think yeah. they're going to crack. So discombobulated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to crack. No, but she tells them everything. Yeah. Because it was so awkward. She just wanted it to end. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Ridiculous. Also, why is she bringing this photo album in? And why are there such, like, the photos that are in it are so random. Right. There's, like, <laughs> one of them kissing. There's one of them playing. It's just a, one album of just the two of them, their relationship. Like, does she have an album for every relationship in her life? Like, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I think the real thing we're missing here is the crime of the stalker that took all these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get to the bottom of that in the next episode, that would be real swell. And why is Westphalia still on the rise? <laughs> like, why are you guys letting that not letting that not picking up on that? We have more questions than answers. You're obsessed with Westphalia. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. But in on. all seriousness. What happens? What, what, what we do we do? We do actually out? get a little bit of information from this yes. person, and it is mind blowing. It turns out that she's all sad because he had some other side chick because he was into older women, yeah, and she was younger. Um, and nineteen. The side though. chick. He's doing pretty good. Nineteen years old. He's got this. Yeah. Thirty-three year old, uh, cellist. Like and what? Simmer yep. down, and Greg. this older, and this older <laughs> and this, lady, like fifty-year-old woman. Her name is Rona. Mm-hmm. She is the wife of Leo Sumner, <laughs> deputy director of the Secret Service. Okay. Do, do, okay. Do, do. <laughs> okay. All right, we're gonna talk about this later. Okay, I'm not gonna get crazy yet. It's fine. Well, hold on, hold on. When has it ever been related to as, what was it? Squishy and squeezy? (laughs) She's playing squishy and squeezy with him. Squeeze and squish. 
Why is she playing squeeze and squish? Friggin' Angela. And he says it out loud instead of actually proper. This is a perfect example of how he's not properly using his his microphone. Is that what you would say, Mark? Oh, yeah, that's oh, that's another thing. I'm not getting into that. Why not, Mark? (laughs) And she has four monitors that she's looking at, plus the plus the mirror, the one way mirror. It's too much. It's, it's too like, much. Okay, guys, I know it's season three. You got a little extra cash, but really? Like, really? <laughs> but, but, but it makes Again, another article about Westphalia in the monitor. This sound <laughs> of this artistic height. <laughs> Did you guys not see that? Did you not see that? <laughs> we, we're going to have to follow up on this. <laughs> I did not notice. But now I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly is currently dying laughing I'm right sorry, now. sorry, that's so funny. <laughs> he keeps talking about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Back I, I just, maybe because I'm a salesperson and I can read sideways, upside down. Sure. But it's like, it's that's like why. a weird upside down, sideways thing. And it just says Westphalia. Yes, the right. sound of. Artistic height. Wow. Oh Once we make, well, I want to Google Westphalia right now. <laughs> Do it. It was only now that I realized that Westphalia, I thought it was like an invasive weed or something that was taking over people's lawns. It's a van, <laughs> isn't it? Should we go back of the lab? Back of the lab. Back of the lab. Okay, what happens? So, turns out that the particulates that were found on the skull Mm. are something called pink cyanite, which is actually very helpful because there's not a lot of places that actually have this. Um, So, it lets them pretty quickly narrow down what where they're looking. Uh, There's a bank building specifically that they think may have it. Um. But I feel like this, like, okay, it's important that they know that because otherwise the the actual episode doesn't get pushed forward. But I feel like an even more important aspect of this scene had nothing to do with the case at all. And it was Hodgins telling Brennan, and I thought this was really, I thought this was pretty mature of Hodgins. Um, but Hodgins is basically saying, listen, you're not going to find a replacement for Zach. There is no replacement for Zach. But you need to find someone who's going to do a good job. There is no there is no other Zach in the world. But we need someone who can just help out around here. So I think, so Angela thinks that Brennan's being weird because of Booth and her love for Booth. And Hodgins thinks that she's being weird because she is trying to replace Zach and is really struggling with it and really missing Zach and really having a hard time trying to replace him. And and he really is irreplaceable. So I thought that was, it was a really nice kind of touching moment between them. I thought with Hodgins giving her advice. I agree. It was meant to be though. Like that's the whole point of it was like, 
But again, Brendan's acting weird. She's trying to like cover her ass so and weird. say, oh, it's not because of uh, any other reason that I'm not going outside of the lab. It's just because Zach's not here. Like, it's okay. Well, you're giving yourself away when you say something like that, you know? It's obviously yeah, it has nothing exactly. to do with Zach. Exactly. Okay, oh guys, God. we're going to talk about this <laughs> next scene, and I cannot believe this is happening. <clears throat> we are at the FBI, and we have Booth and Caroline who are interviewing the Sumners. So this is Rona and Leo Sumner. I love that Caroline is here for this, and she immediately points out how weird it is that the Sumners have not brought a high-powered lawyer with them to have this discussion with uh, uh, Booth. And the Sumners basically reassure Booth and Caroline that Mr. Sumner is well aware of the fact that his wife has many dalliances. Uh, she says the affair started with Gavin when she um, secured funding for his $3 million violin, so they started sleeping together then. Anyway, needless to say, Caroline makes it clear that they somehow have to somehow have to prove that Mr. Sumner was aware of this affair. And sure enough, <clears throat> Mrs. Rona Sumner pulls out of her purse a little disc and she hands it over to Caroline and says, I knew you would ask for proof. And we are subjected to another sex tape. I don't know why we're getting hit on all sides in this show <laughs> with this insane sort of situation with, you know, the bone situation. And now we have a sex tape in the, he happens to be the, what is he called? The secret service guy? No, he's oh, the, yeah. the director of the Secret Service. Yeah, but he's also a voyeur. <laughs> so anyway, it's gross because he videotapes his wife having sex while he's in the closet. And we get, we're finally relieved. I was so worried they were going to show us more of him like jacking off in the closet with this <laughs> camera on him. Like, what the hell? Yes, Mark, go. Yeah, he's definitely doing that in the closet. And also, <laughs> Brittany, I just want to say he's not a voyeur. He's a cuckold. He's a cuckold, yeah. Darren. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I don't know this term. Oh, the three of you are like, excuse me, this is not the appropriate uh, wording. He's a cock. I can't, I can't believe we <laughs> skipped over Franz von Beaver that was also born in Strasensport, Mark, back in August of 1644. Strasensport. Strasensport. What are you talking Do you know where Sarajan's port is? I'm sorry, was he in the closet as well? <laughs> no, no, he was in the closet. <laughs> what are you talking about, Greg? Oh, like, remember, do you remember in the previous scene when they talked about Franz von Bieber? No. No, in the violinist? They talked about that, you know, they have that, that uh, she was looking at this at that guy because Franz von Bieber was, uh, they haven't seen a, a, a violinist that was as good as him. Okay. But Greg, anyway, I love I the detail. I appreciate it truly, but we've moved on to the sex pests. Okay. We've moved on to, I our know pests. you guys are just like, 
you three horny people just want to talk about cockholds and and voyeurs voyeurs and cockholds <laughs> why is it that people with a lot of money just turn into like sex adventurers like do they and have Hendrich Ignis Franz oh Bieber is not getting his time. <laughs> Being recalled from 1644. Oh my gosh. I can't. Brittany, you have to help me get this back on track. You can't let this okay, happen. Here we go. They didn't murder the kid. They're just a bunch of creeps. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. We find it in the next scene, though. We're back. So we're back at the lab. Yes. And Booth is there with Cam. And we find out that um, <laughs> Booth has a lot of balls on him. He actually ends up arresting this uh, deputy director of the Secret Service for voyeurism. So Why it's like, is that Whoa. against the law, though? I don't know. I guess probably because the other person didn't know. But how are they going to prove that the other person didn't know? He did. Anyway, so... <laughs> Mary, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's illegal Ugh. in Maryland. Or I was Washington, worried he was going to talk about that violinist again. <laughs> maybe, or maybe the violinist really liked it. I was so really worried. They, they have determined that there's one place that Mark, uses that pink Mark rock is so its not impressed with this. But sorry, go on. <laughs> Mark is just very thirsty. He's just drinking water, living life. Trying to hide from the camera. There you go. The camera keeps on panning over to him, and it's so hilarious. <laughs> it leaves Brittany go I'm straight to Mark, this video. and it just focuses on Mark drinking his water. It's so funny. Our camera's obsessed with him. Okay. So there's one place that uses this pink rock in its foundation, and it is an old deserted bank. Um, that sounds like it's fairly close by. Cam mm. is like bingo baby, and Brennan is there and going why bingo baby i mean she's it's like she's such a smart woman but there's so many times where they pretend like she doesn't understand certain things that would yeah. obviously be under in my opinion understood by her but that's fine she they're saying bingo baby because it's isolated it's deserted it's basically serial killer heaven it's a perfect place for them for this cannibal to perform some rituals and some eating of skulls and uh, anyway so they're yes. gonna go to the bank well booth wants tell me about brennan to go with well brent booth really wants brennan to come with him to the scene and yeah. she tries Which to get she out does of it go yeah well she tries again. to get out of it and then cam interrupts and says okay you have to go brennan because you're a qualified forensic specialist, you have to be on the scene. So she has no choice. Next scene, we're at the bank. Well, it, it's a, mm -hmm. it. It just makes sense too for her to go because if if there is gonna be some like crazy cannibal, like serial killer place, who knows? But I just appreciate. Would it be Cam, good for her to be able to see? Right. I just appreciate Cam being on Booth's side here and trying to ease Brennan back into it because. I think Cam recognizes that Brennan needs a little nudge as well to sort of get back yes. into the flow of things. 
So the 100%. next scene, we're at the bank, and it's a really beautiful building. The security guard is telling them that there's nothing happening on the first floor, but there might be something down in the basement. And they go downstairs, and they find this hermetically sealed vault. And so cool. they need to open the door. So and the and the guy, the security guy's like, "What am I going to do? Kick the door in?" <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> regardless, the FBI brings in some technicians. I also appreciate that they're bringing in other people to help. It's not just yeah. you know Booth cracking the lock and you know figuring out how to open it. Using regardless. a stethoscope and twisting exactly. <laughs> So they have technicians opening the vault door, and while this is happening, Booth is trying really hard to talk with Brennan. He's really been trying this whole episode to figure out what's going on between them. She tries to reassure him that they'll get back together once she finds a replacement for Zach. And before she can answer, you know, he asks her how that's going, like finding a replacement. Before she can answer him, they open the vault. And this is insane because they so open, cool. Well, they open this vault and they go in like Booth leads with his gun and flashlight and they're going in. And I didn't know what I was like, what are we going to see? I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be full of dead bodies. It's going to smell so bad. I was I just didn't know what was going to happen. This is all new to you. Yes. OK. OK. This is. Yes. Slate. Clean. I Fresh. haven't seen any of these episodes. Exactly. So okay. it's brand new to me. And then Ruth is continuing this conversation with Brendan while they're scoping out this vault and saying, you know what? I think you're subconsciously angry with me about something and we need to figure out what that is. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you about psychology. I'm not getting into it. Regardless, he Ruth sees a flashing red light in the corner. And he thinks it's a bomb. And he's like, oh, my God, a bomb's going to go off. So he grabs Brennan and throws her to the floor and, like, lands on top of her and squeezes his eyes closed, like, getting ready for the impact. And nothing goes off. And it turns out it's just a transmitter. And she starts making fun of him for squeezing his eyes shut. She's like, uh, you know, what does that do when the bomb goes off? Like, does does that help you when the bomb goes off when you squeeze your eyes really tight like that and he's she's like being she's such a bitch oh my god she's terrible what else happens oh my god and he was a so- navy seal too so it does it does work he says right just a quick uh poll here yeah would you keep your eyes open or your eyes closed if you knew a bomb was about to go off personally i'm gonna say eyes closed 100 closed i don't want to see that Greg, what about you? 100% closed. I would have my ears covered, my head covered, and I would be curled up in a tiny little ball, and I'd have my eyes closed, and all my muscles would be incredibly tense. Yeah, who would have their eyes open? Well, hey, after psycho, 10 seconds, I'd Brennan. start to peek. I'd start to open like, one eye and look. i peel one eye, like, what's going on? Oh, what yeah. is happening? Yeah. Am I what's gonna, going 100%? on? 100%. Am I Which is exactly what he did. Perfectly normal. <laughs> I think it's perfect normal. So, it's a perfectly normal instinct. Great poll, Mark. So they now that they know that they're not going to get blown up, they keep walking through. Um, they do find Gavin Nichols' violin, which is insane. They find a lot of stuff here. Um, this is a very creepy, very weird vault. 
there's something written in ancient Greek burned, like something burned into the back of the vault door, um, which Brennan's smart ass when Booth asks what it says, is like, I don't know. It's in ancient Greek. Like, doesn't she speak like a bajillion languages? I think it's pretty reasonable for him to assume that she might have known. Yeah, he did assume. He did assume that she knew and she would just yeah. ramble it off. Exactly. Totally reasonable, in my opinion. So they're going through. They're finding all this, like, very interesting stuff. All museum quality artifacts as they're going, walking through. Yeah. And then suddenly... Booth goes ahead and suddenly he freezes and he's going bones like you you have to come here and he reaches this other section of this vault and when we get to see what he's looking at it is a skeleton posed in like an arc position with its arms reached out reached above above it um and it's mostly in silver, but there are parts of it that have been replaced with actual bone. So it would appear that they are, first of all, that they found more of Gavin Nichols, but also that they, this person, this serial killer, is slowly replacing these silver bones with real, actual bones. Holy shit, this is insane. It's totally crazy. And the next scene we have everybody, the whole gang, the Scooby gang has arrived. What are you going to say, Mark? Ding. (laughs) The Scooby gang is all there, including Caroline, which I find very interesting that she's all along for this ride here. And they've collected all the real human bones off the silver skeleton and put them on this pink granite counter. Caroline does some expositional shit and she explains that someone killed and ate a fiddler and put his bones in a bank vault, et cetera, et cetera. And it sounds very weird. And I agree with Caroline. Angela mentions something. Well, first, I guess it's sort of Caroline sort of a little bit excited at this point because she feels like this could be really big. This could be like the biggest case of my life right now, like figuring what the hell is going on here? And then Angela mentions that some weird writing all over the vault could be in this sort of Calabrian language. <clears throat> then Hodgins steps in. He gets very jazzed at the mention of Cal- Calabrian. And he starts off. I didn't write down all of these details, Brittany. I'm just going to say this. I don't think they matter. Okay. I couldn't no. be bothered. He basically... No. <clears throat> says that it's some sort of Illuminati conspiracy theory and we find out a bunch of shit and then Caroline interrupts him. She goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. This is a secret cannibalistic society. Then Hodgins gets really testy and I just thought, like, I wrote down that everybody's being a bitch in this scene. Like, they're all being little bitches. And Brennan wants them... Well, Brennan wants them to basically cut this bank vault out of the building and bring it to the Jeffersonian. And at first, Booth's like, that's crazy. (laughs) But then Cam says, no, this is when I realized Cam was there. I didn't know she was there until she pipes up and says, we have room in the basement. I guess they got rid of all the Cleopatra shit from last season and they got room for a big bank vault. And then Caroline this is ag- so cool, though. Well, it is. And Caroline agrees they have to bring the bank vault there because they need to really go over this forensically because there's a very lot of important stuff going on here. Yeah. And then 
How would you, you even transport that though? Well, that's not mine to know. That's not mine to know. I just know that Booth is very happy about this because he can see that Brennan's wheels are turning and she's getting excited about getting being involved in this case. And he's smiling at her and she's smiling at him like, we're on, let's do this. Like she's full on in it to win it. I feel like talking about the Angela and Hodgins storyline is just ridiculous, but that is what we have next. <laughs> so basically Angela and Hodgins are no closer than they were before. Um, their PI is telling them that the person that married Angela and this mystery dude is dead. His town was wiped out by a tsunami. So, and now that place is cursed. So no one's going over there to find out what's happening with this person that she married on the island of uh, Tulolo. Yes. The island of Tulolo. Vatulolo. He says a bunch of gobbledygook about like this crazy native island and all this stuff. But the whole point of the scene, because this scene is pretty pointless and useless, does yes. not move the needle. It does not help, except for the fact that Angela admits that she was basically drunk on kava when she was in Fiji. And the only sketch or sketch she could draw of her husband ends up being this picasso-esque sort of blue man <laughs> that's all warped and how strong was that drink i'm telling you she's like ayahuasca levels kava here <laughs> it's not good but basically this guy is like okay well i'm gonna charge you extra money but there was an australian steamer that maybe your dude was on so i guess i'll track it down but you're going to need to pay me big bucks. And they're like, not an issue. Yeah. We'll give you millions and billions. All good. Yeah. So, and then Hodgins and Angela start making out like they're all happy because they're, they're finding her husband together. How joyful. <laughs> Seriously, this is a deal breaker. Deal breaker. Anyone's favorite pastime. <laughs> Definitely a deal breaker. I don't know no, if but Mark like, was like, oh, oh by you the way, married? I've been married. You're married already? Oh, okay. You made you me plan a wedding in a week. You made me plan a wedding in a week. Yeah. Invite all these people I don't know, obviously, which I'm going to like, it's crazy. Like all the people in the church that were there, I've never seen them before in my life. And now I can't marry you because you're, anyway, it would just be like, let's <laughs> talk about this relationship. Maybe we should like put the brakes on this. Seriously. Oh my God. Not great. No. Okay. We end up back on the forensics platform. Camille, Bones are there. Clark, Edison is there. Yes. Angela's there. Hodgins is there. We have the whole Scooby gang, as, like, as you were saying. So basically, they are talking about this situation. We don't really, we're not really getting much information. They found some more bones from the, the original victim, Gavin Nichols. And so they're chatting and Booth is like, okay, who, why is everyone enabling Brennan, who has a, obviously has a mental problem? That's the only reason that she won't come to come out to crime scenes with me. And suddenly Brennan is just like, Zach? <laughs> Booth is like, no, no, you're the one with the mental problems, not Zach. But Zach is standing there. And he's just wearing regular clothes. 
His hair is super buzzed, um, buzzed down pretty short. And he's carrying this like military duffel bag. And everyone is freaking out. Angela's like, it's Zach and runs over. Woohoo. And everyone is so excited. Zach immediately asks if he can move back into the place above Hodgins garage, which we were wondering about last season. So that confirms to us that he was still living there. (laughs) Also, I'd love to know how big this garage is because I can imagine it's quite large. Like, does he have a whole fleet of like Lamborghinis and Bentleys and stuff in it? Like, and he's living in this huge, huge, huge loft kind of situation. But the fact that Zach walks in, like he's coming back from Vietnam is just like hilarious (laughs) to me. I just, it's so funny. It's so funny to me. It's so funny. He's so excited to get back to work and wants to start working right away. Um, they're saying like, no, no, like Brennan's like, okay, when can you start work? We didn't fill your position. Poor Dr. Edison is standing right there. Like, I'm right here, Dr. Brennan. Yeah. I'm right here. And Zach is like, wait, if you didn't fill my job, who's that guy? And he's like, nobody. And he just takes his gloves off and leaves. Here's where I'm <laughs> going to ask you. I'm going to ask you right now. Does he come back? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. He, he turns into one of my favorite characters on this entire show. Okay. Because um, he, he should comes be back on. as like a series regular. Yeah. He has to be there. He's so good. He's so good. He's he's amazing. His character Cam, is fantastic. Cam is in love with him. Like she acts like he, she he's like her child and she's so proud of him. Yeah. Like every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it is 100% true. Okay. Um, also, Angela uses the word kish, which I had never heard of before. Really? I thought that was very... Mm. I, had you heard of this word before? Is this oh, a normal word I should know? Oh, it's something... You'll often see it in, like, English literature. Maybe Dickens. Oh, okay. Like, dashing. Kind of... No, rakish is... Okay. Slim. Quite tall, slim, you know, little... Okay. That's what I think it means. Just thin. Yes? Not like a rake? Like a rake. <laughs> <laughs> I read your mind. <laughs> oh, so funny. Zach is trying to do his work back in the bone room and everyone is staring at him because they're so happy that he is back. I'm okay. Um, I was wrong. I'll define this for you. Rakish. Having or displaying a dashing, jaunty, or slightly disreputable quality or appearance. He had a rakish debonair look. So, huh. yeah, it's very like, like I said, kind of Dickensian, the way they would describe, you know, yeah. someone who's very dashing, which, okay, hey, well, now simmer I know. down, Angela. Word of the day. <laughs> no, the word of the <laughs> word day of the is day. symbiotic. <laughs> True. Sorry. My bad. I'm well, what's interesting is that Zach immediately finds something that Brennan had not noticed, which I'm like. Really? (laughs) Is that... How is this something... She's supposed to be focused so much on this job. That's why she can't go out with Brennan or Booth. And she's supposed to be the top in her whole field. But this dude comes back and is like, didn't you notice that there's this thing on the bone from this tooth? So we don't actually know what she found or what he found or what he helped find, I guess. Because she runs off. But... 
brings out something very interesting. And that is that the cannibal has a diamond tooth or a diamond inset, not a whole tooth, but the, a diamond inset. And they're, they have to look for, basically they're going to look to see if someone on the cleaning crew or someone who worked at the, at the bank or at, for the maintenance of the bank, um, if someone has this diamond in his tooth. Yes. And then if he does, then if they do, then that's easy. They can interrogate that person because wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. How do people actually have a diamond inset in their tooth? Yeah. So Booth is very happy. Tells Brendan, thanks. You know, you figured it out. That's awesome. And then she kind of hesitates before she leaves. She goes, she asks if she could be there when he, the person is interrogated. And Booth gets, he lights up. He's very excited at this so prospect. Excited. And he's, he's like, oh, I'm so happy. Like you haven't asked to do this for so long and I can't, you know, I'm so glad. And she's basically puts the kibosh on him sort of psychoanalyzing the situation. And then he just accepts the fact that she's coming with him. So he's just like a little kid in the candy store. Loves it, loves it, loves it so much. He's so happy. Yes. Which very maybe happy. does too. Now that Zach is back, now she actually is participating. So Maybe this was the reason that she was avoiding him all along. You don't think so? We're going to talk about it. Don't worry. What happens We'll talk next? about it more. I like how Celie has uh, the net, the picture of the net over top of... Uh... Greg, where's your microphone? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bobby, Orr, uh, Bobby Orr is in... You noticed in... that too, Greg? Yeah. Did you yeah. see number four there? Yeah, he he and has a picture... picture of a hockey net in his office. I never noticed yeah, that before. Yeah, the hockey net is cool because it's uh it's it's shot with the like the rink isn't lit, but the stands are. So it has oh. all these really cool angles on the hockey net and the picture. If you go, oh, back I gotta go to back the... and look. That's pretty cool. Did you notice that, Mark? No, neither did I. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Pretty cool. All right. Well, thank you for pointing it out. Well, we have this fascinating thing, and then we get to meet this extremely creepy teenager named Jason Harkness, who has a diamond in his tooth. And he's trying to be like, I didn't do anything. Everything's fine. Everything is awesome. And then they're basically like, yo, we know that you eat this guy's face off. And he's like, they're like, you need to bite into this thing so we can that it was you that did this and i guess that this realizes all bets are off like it's going to be obvious from when he bites into that that he actually did participate in the eating of this face so then he is like he just goes on this like ridiculous disgusting monologue about how human meat tastes and how babies taste like fish and then he bites into the wax cylinder that they gave him and it is Going going to give me nightmares for probably two weeks. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, they taste like fish because of their swimming in symbiotic fluid for so long. Greg, where's your microphone? Well, oh, because they're yeah, uh, babies taste like fish because they swim in symbiotic fluid for amniotic fluid. Greg, uh, amniotic amniotic fluid. Symbiotic sorry. is our word of the day. Symbiotic, symbiotic is, is the word, word of the day. day. Ambionic fluid, yes. So yeah, they they uh, babies. I was thinking like, hey, that that sounds pretty logical that uh, babies 
taste like fish because they're swimming around in mommy's belly. Yes, it's fascinating. What do you want to say, Barb? What? Okay, like I'm sure we're all thinking it. Like obviously, babies would taste the best, right? Oh, Mark. No, just just me. I need to tell you the most insane story. (laughs) So, Mark is or not Mark? Wayne is talking a lot more these days. Yes, as we've talked about multiple times. Did he say he was going to eat your? So he keeps. No, he did. He said (laughs) so. He. On his change table, above his change table, I have a bunch of pictures and books and stuff. And he likes to stand up on the change table when I'm standing there. Still, mm. it's not safe and I don't mm. like it. But mm. he likes to grab things. And he realized that the ultrasound photo I have of him is there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Wayne? Wayne? I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's Wayne. Like, that's you. Yeah. From when you were in my belly. Mm-hmm. And Mark overheard this conversation and was like, what? Because I was like, do you do you remember when you were in my belly? And he's like, yeah. What? I'm like, yes. what? Wow. And so I had like a little combo with him about yeah. it being warm in there and how he swam in there. And wow. I was That's like. That's amazing. It was so cool. That'd be you know, so he, cool to film. Oh, yeah. Mark, weren't you like, what is happening right now? I'm sure he's just saying, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I did that. Wayne, can you fly? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You said it was cool. Now you're being all like, <laughs> anyway, it was really, it was very interesting. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, Allie has a really crazy memory, eh? Like, she can, she can go so far back. It's insane. Like, she remembers things. That's so cool. Yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Anyway, that's um, my little. You talked about amniotic fluid, and then it made me think of it. I was like, "Yes, of course, of course, of course." It would make you think like, of that. It would be cool if he could actually remember, but who knows? Kids are so unreliable yeah, narrators. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. He says stuff all the time that I'm like, ah, I don't know. Exactly. Sure? Exactly. All right. So where are we? Back so, at the lab. Anyway. Back at the lab. We have Cam finding Zach working hard and she's worried that he hasn't rested. He says he can't sleep because he's still on Iraq time. He found 10 bones, it seems, that uh, from the silver skeleton that they found in the vault that actually belong to six people. Now, Cam is really worried that there's so many victims now. And Cam asked Zach why he actually was sent home from Iraq. Like she wants, she has this heart to heart with him saying like, why were you actually sent home? And it turns out that Zach did not fit in. And the psychologist over there had all kinds of not very nice things to say about his inability to sort of assimilate to the culture. And then Cam, Cam is so nice in the scene. She basically reassures him that he belongs at the Jeffersonian and, you know, he's welcome there. And don't worry about what that guy said. And please go home and get some sleep. This episode like it's amazing that we're having the guys on for this episode because it really is such a polar opposite cam from season two episode one full redemption full redemption yeah oh yeah 100 percent. so (laughs) okay so we're gonna conclude our side story with angela and hodgins and we're gonna find the person who uh who she married and his name is birambao 
Um, he is a Titan. He is a Greek God. I'm just kidding. He is this huge black guy and he, he is totally perfectly normal, but Hodgins is so taken aback by this. And he has so no shovels as hands. Snow oh my shovels. God. <laughs> is making all these comments. Exactly. Greg. Exactly. Yeah. Like saying he's half man, half God. And anyway, so basically they think, yes, it's this. We, yes, I think it is this guy and we need you to find him basically is where right. we're, where we're so at. So Hodgins is super intimidated by him because he's a huge muscly, like African man. Oh yeah. And he keeps commenting, like he's basically saying he hopes he's dead because he's like, he yeah. doesn't want him to. And then, oh, like, he no might offense. be dead. And he'd be like, oh, that's great if he's dead. I mean, I'm sorry. No, it's not great. And oh, he's not dead. That's too bad. And then <laughs> it was just funny. He was <laughs> acting weird. And then Angela says, tells him to calm down, like relax. So the yeah. PI, the PI suggests that they, if they just wait for three years, they can declare him dead and annul the marriage. No problem. And asked if they, you know, if they want to wait for three years and they have the discussion right then and there. Do you want to wait for three years? And she says no. So, yeah. Well, she didn't even want to wait one week to get married when she finally decided. So Hodgins not is not going to wait three years. Hodgins is still going to pay this PI to go find this dude. Must Insane, be nice. But okay. When do you have like yeah, a. Must be nice to be loaded. Just a disposable Wanna income. To save the Britney charity. Um, Hodgins, <laughs> how about the Kelly charity? Come on, <laughs> how Equally about the good half charities? god, half man charity? <laughs> the half god, half man charity doesn't need any money. Who's who's <laughs> that? Is that you? Looks are getting them by. That's beer and bow. <laughs> That's beer and bow. Beer and bow. Okay, Brennan and Booth race into the Jeffersonian because Zach had called Brennan and said, You need to come here right away. I found this crazy thing. So they come to the Jeffersonian and they are freaked out because Zach is completely asleep on one of the, um, I want to call it a bed. It's not a bed. On one of the examining tables. Yes. So he's laying on this like stainless steel table that dead people lay on. Yes. Okay. Poll number two. (laughs) Who thought, who thought, he was dead. I did. <laughs> I did not. Okay, Greg. Greg? No, I didn't think he was dead. It was just some it just some stupid thing that they decided to do because you know, they they covered they it was nice that they sequenced about the last thing because he hadn't gone home. He hadn't gone yeah. to sleep and he's sleeping in the in the office. Yeah, that makes sense. What about yeah. you, Kelly? You thought he was dead? No. <laughs> it was a good pool. <laughs> yeah. Mark, it's okay. You're allowed to think that. <laughs> and Sealy Booth, eh? Couches are for sleeping. I love that. Yeah. Couches like, are for no sleeping. More. Yeah, you can sleep on a couch. You can sleep on a bed. No more sleeping on the stainless steel te- uh, table for dead people. Not on the slab. But Not the on big the slab. news. Pardon? Just not on the slab. The slab? Yeah. The slab. So the big news that they ran in for, though, is actually huge news. This is insane. The news is that Jason, this person that they had that had the diamond tooth, 
uh, they thought that this was the serial killer. They found the serial killer. Yeah, they're going to examine all these bones. They're going to create a case. But this is the guy. This is one person done. Mm -hmm. Not the case. This is, in fact, Jason appears to, based on the different ages of the bones, appears to have been brought in. So there is an original person who was actually gnawing on these bones. There's like a, a mentor cannibal and then a student cannibal, Jason. So yeah, that he's just the he's just the guy who's been recently yeah asked to join this table of face eating. Like not good. <laughs> not good. They need to contact him right away and get a seat at the table of face eating. Probably somebody older who pulled Jason into this. That's Indeed. the assumption. Yeah, that's yeah, the assumption. We're going to talk about this wild. more. Yes. So so they rush off to the jail and tell me more, Kelly. Well, Brennan and Booth go to the jail to talk to Jason, but it's really late at night at this point. I don't know. I'm given the impression that it's very late. And the warden is pissed because it's like they don't want to wake him up. It's really late. But um, I guess they leave them, leave Booth and Brennan alone while they go and try to rustle him out of bed. And while they're doing that, Booth and Brennan have this discussion and he wants to talk to her about, you know, why she's been acting so strangely. And he thinks that Brennan's mad at him for not discouraging Zach from going to Iraq in the first place. And Booth basically says, because she says, yeah, some of it like part. Yeah, of course, you could have stopped him. Right. And then he says, well, no, I he needed to leave the nest. Just like you needed to leave the nest, like when you wanted to explore more, like get out of the lab and do more stuff with me. I couldn't stop you from doing that. And Zach needed to get out in the world and experience life outside of the lab, you know, and I wasn't going to stop him from having that experience. So while they're having this discussion, the warden shows up with a guard and they bring Booth and Brennan to Jason's cell. And lo and behold, Jason is dead. And he's been stabbed through the heart with a dagger. And his body is somehow suspended or displayed in a similar fashion to the skeleton they found in the vault. How is this happening? Is it just rigor mortis and they just just set in and he's in that position? Do you think? No, I think that they set it up like that. And we find it in the next scene that they think that Jason Harkness actually arranged his own suicide. So he would have said, I want you to stab me. He provided someone with a, a dagger, said, I want you to I want you to stab me and put me in this position. But it's I don't even know how they suspended him like that, like the way that his body is. That's what I mean. I feel just, like it's it looks like it's rigor mortis, maybe. Suspended. Yeah, maybe. Well, they've got him bent then, onto the bars and like I think cause cause they they yeah. get uh very solid, you know, after a certain period of time once they're dead, right? So they're trying to figure yeah. out back at the Jeffersonian what the hell happened so they go to this all the whole crew this is what I think is the whole Scooby gang is in the basement of the Jeffersonian in this vault that they have transported here I'd love to know how big the the receiving doors are in this Jeffersonian Institute because that was a big vault (laughs) yeah So, so cool. They're checking out the. There's a bunch of extras there too. They're all going through, fishing through all the evidence, and 
Booth and Brennan want Hodgins' help with this conspiracy stuff because they need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So then Hodgins obliges after he comments, like, oh, now you want to hear from me, eh? Like, you didn't want to hear my ideas before. So what does he say? He basically confirms. So this is where I was saying that the title makes no sense because they're saying that this person, that Jason, um, is a widow's son. So Freemasons, that the way that his arms are up in the air, this this attitude of sacrifice basically, is called various different things in different secret societies, and yeah. for Freemasons, it's known as the widow's son. Yeah. And it so just so happens that Gavin Nichols lost his father when he was 12. Mm-hmm. So he was a widow's son. Um, which I guess that does make sense. Never mind. I was thinking when I first watched this episode, in yeah. my mind, it was that that Jason was a widow's son. But right. that's not the case. I can understand so. that confusion a hundred percent because they yeah. conspiracy theories like this are convoluted by nature. It's sort of they're just oh, because this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah. It's like, okay, 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 okay. Regardless, Hodgins thinks that Jason was actually sacrificed to yeah. keep the secret society of cannibals secret. But they've Which only is- come up mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, it's crazy, but they've only come up with one more murderer so far, right? With these teeth marks. But then Cam thinks there's so much evidence. It's going to, they could find any number of people involved. Like once they go through this vault, take prints, DNA, all this crap. And then. Especially if it's a master and an apprentice kind of situation. Like. Yeah. If, if this is someone who keeps bringing people in and then maybe killing them once he's done with them. Yeah. Yeah. But the bottom line here is, if that is the case, this master just lost his apprentice. So he's going to have to find someone new. Yes, Brittany. Thank you for that, uh, pointing that out. I appreciate it, really. But we're going to stop you there. And I'll just say that Hodgins bids his adieu from the Scooby gang. And Booth thanks him for his help. And he then reiterates thank you like sincerely thank you for your help like he wants him to know like he's a valued part of the team yeah what did you that was weird right oh so weird i think that being very sensitive and like a hyper aware of like everyone's feelings in this episode i feel it's a weird He's very sensitive. I I wrote down that he reminds me of like a, a lost puppy dog throughout this whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. but we have a nice ending. This is a Greg. weird episode because we, we start with it's normally awake. every Greg. episode. Greg, are you awake? Oh, did we lose him? I think we no. lost him. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I, I saw this is an interesting sawing logs there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> can i tell you greg got up well we're played... on the last scene well, we're on the last scene but greg was up today playing volleyball in the hot sun all day so he's a little bit sunstroke i think oh no i feel bad for him but i want greg to talk about this scene when we talk about it i want his uh his thoughts on this next scene but go on Brittany. okay 
Well, I was just thinking like, this is an interesting episode because this is, we're about to hit the last scene and the last scene really has nothing to do with the case. It's a, it's all about Booth and Brennan. So we basically concluded as far as we're going to get in this case. And we don't have many episodes like this. Like this is the beginning of more of like a story arc rather than like a, a police procedural kind of each episode has a resolution. Yeah. Um. So I found when this episode ended, I was like, oh, okay. That's, I guess, where we got to. <laughs> More next time. And the ep- next episode doesn't mention the serial killing at all. So Spoiler it's very odd. alert for Kelly because she hasn't watched it yet, but go on. Well, it's just, it's interesting because I would have thought it's like episode, sometimes they have like a part one, part two. I thought it was going to be a two-parter. You're right. Like, I thought it was yeah. going to be part one and two, but it didn't end that way. Because this scene, I'm just going to, can I just talk about this scene about Booth yeah, and Brennan? Take it, take it away. Well, they're trying to make it look like Booth and Brennan have come out of the lab or the Jeffersonian, and it's early, early morning. I think it's like dawn. And Booth is carrying coffee for them both, and they're approaching a bench to sit down and chat. This is a studio that they're walking in inside. This is a green screen situation. They are not in Washington. It was so So bad. Greg could not believe it. (laughs) He was incensed by this whole green screen situation. So they go and they get sit down at a bench together. And Brendan is very excited she's talking about the case where she's going to go next what she's going to do how she's going to like approach things what kind of evidence she's going to turn up bum 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 and then booth is trying to get her to like drink her coffee and calm down and all this stuff and she's about to take a swig of her coffee and he stops her by slamming his hand down on the coffee and she basically it touches her lips and he's like watch out you're going to burn yourself right and he tries to calm her down and say listen And this is what he's doing for the audience as well by saying this. He's saying this is a marathon, not a sprint, where it's going to take a long time to figure out what's going on with this situation. If we have a serial killer on our hands, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of like appropriate evidence gathering, etc. Right. And these but he wants to make sure that they're still good that he and her are still able to be good because he feels like she and he and she are the center of it all and they got to keep their shit together for the rest of the team. Yeah. And the way they, they have a very nice, they have a nice ending and they end with like a little bit of bickering, like back to their usual selves, like joking around. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you kissed my hand. She's like, I did not. I know. It felt like you kissed it. Well, it felt like you kissed it. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we're back on track because the beginning of the episode, we're like, whoa, what is going on? Yeah. And by the end, we're like, okay, yes, they're the glue. They're the center. We got this. We can solve this serial killer case. I was like, it must've was... been a few takes though. Must've been a few takes because at one point the coffee is full and then it's only less than half. No. <laughs> Greg, they, gonna, I find a lot of these shows, they just I'm, don't even fill the cup at all. I'm going to guarantee you 1,000% there's zero coffee in those cups. <laughs> okay. I hate that. When they put them down, like in shows, where they, they're they like put down the coffee around, cup. Like, just oh, yeah. like everywhere. And it's like hollow when they put it down. It's like, and okay, they just put it down. It's knows. like paper cups everywhere. Yeah. 
ironic thing is like, what if you're, what if you're an actor and you're actually thirsty, right? You would probably love for that cup to be full. Yeah. They don't want that. You're just waiting around. If you have to retake it, you got to drink it again. And that's the problem when you have people eating, then you got to eat the same thing over and over again for like an hour and you get really full really fast. (laughs) And you're going to have to pee pretty badly. Yeah. (laughs) That's drinking. It's all about that continuity, you know? Oh, all right. Yeah. So that's the end of this season three, episode one episode. What did you think? Let's start with uh, Mark. I want to hear your thoughts. In summation. <laughs> we can. So we, we know something for sure. Face meat is delicious. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Greg, you can back me up here. Blood sausages. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Blood sausages. I know they're so bad for you, but they're so good. So the meat in that sausage is actually face meat. Yes. Yeah, because they, uh, yeah, especially with your, I remember your uncle, um, the the one that shot his finger off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, remember? Wait, what? You have an uncle that shot his finger off? Yeah, when he was killing the pig in the barn, he held the pig's head, put the gun, put the this a small little. I might have um, to cut this out, guys. Double shot. Yeah, and then he he basically shot his like holding the pig's head. He shot his own finger off because the bullet went through the head and took the end of his finger off. Oh my god! Yeah, but that's the face meat that Mark's talking about because they use they use that part of the pig. And the cheeks, and yeah. Well, that sausage was face and finger. Face and finger. Wow. (laughs) Kelly, you need to leave this in. (laughs) Kelly, yeah. Kelly, is that that a new uh, restaurant name? Uh, Face and finger? Face and finger? I don't know. Face and finger. (laughs) I'm just going to open a food truck. Face and finger. Face and finger. Oh my god. I, I would eat at face and finger. I would eat at face and finger knowing okay. this story. Good to know because you guys would be good customers. You you'd be big bills, big bills. <laughs> We'd probably be the only customers in all fairness. Like, I don't know about but that. it's okay. very true, eh, Mark? Like beef cheek is a delicatessen. Delicatessen. Uh, <laughs> d- not delicatessen, sorry. You can tell what time we're we're uh Greg's losing it. Clock at night. We're He's losing this. it. Yeah, it's just eleven. Which delicacy. 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 Are yeah, you exactly. are you uh, up at five tomorrow morning too, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's gonna suck. But getting back to the episode, I thought that this was a really good episode, and uh, I think there's a term for this: the Riker's beard. In oh yes, in, in Star TV Trek. show writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, where they make a few changes, they iron out some kinks, yeah, and they come out with a completely different show almost, yeah, from what they first intended to do. And I think that this episode was our Riker's beard, totally. All right, for the better. One vote for yeah, Riker's it's very beard. Very nice to see Temperance and Seely back on track in front of that green screen, <laughs> drinking empty. <laughs> Drinking, drinking, drinking coffee. Cop, yeah, empty coffee. Pretending that it actually has a lot of <laughs> hot coffee in it. 
Yeah. Oh my god, you guys are so funny. I thought it was good too, though. I thought I I love this episode. I think it's setting it up really nicely for yeah. season three. I think, especially knowing that this is a short season, I think yeah. I'm really excited about it. How yeah. about you, Kelly? Yeah, no, I agree with all the above. I think it's really, it sets it up, like puts everybody in their place and what their kind of role is in each, you know, it's just, it's quite interesting. So now we know this Angela and Hodgins situation is, you know, going to be playing out and we know that Zach is back and he's, I think Zach, that's going to be an interesting situation with him because he was in Iraq and who knows what he experienced there and it may have affected him yeah. in some way and it could you know do something for him to him in the future Cam is amazing she's like an amazing support person I love that uh, Caroline is there and of course Booth yes. and Brendan being back in the groove is always a good thing and I love how I didn't think he was a puppy dog necessarily Booth I just think that he was like super sensitive hyper aware that there was something weird going on and he was just trying to like i like that he's trying to get to the bottom of it like he's not scared to talk about it and say like this is weird i want to know what i did well he wants to know if he did something wrong so he can make it better you know yeah which is very mature of him and what do you think brennan's problem was i think brennan's problem was a combination i think she was completely stressed out about the zach thing but I don't think that she actually needed to stay in the lab because of that. I think she was uncomfortable with Booth because of everything that happened. Like that that last like that last episode was insane. It had the a huge impact scene? on their relationship. Yeah, them mm-hmm. being stuck at the altar. He arrested her father, mm-hmm. which it's not that she has the best relationship with her father, but she's like not yeah. sure how she feels about it. Right. I think there's just way too much going on for her to yeah. be able to process properly. But she was um, also like, I agree with you that it was a combination of the Zach thing, the Alter thing, yeah. and the Max Keenan thing. But I also think she was kind of projecting a lot onto Booth and being mean to him and like yeah. rejecting him, kind of blaming him for her feelings and i think that you know him easing like cam helping her to ease back into going out with him in the field and just her being reassured that he hasn't booth hasn't changed he's still the same good guy he's still the same person that she always got along with so it's like okay everything's okay now so hopefully it maintains hopefully it maintains anyway yeah it'll be interesting zach there was the scene where he comes back and they're talking with cam the scene with cam and zach i thought was very interesting because yeah sorry going back to zach's character but yeah yeah. zach we i think we kind of get the impression so he didn't fit in in iraq and this extremely mean psychiatrist for the army basically try to imply that he doesn't really fit in anywhere so it's going to be interesting trying him trying to find his footing back at the lab because Angela has Hodgins and Hodgins and Angela have each other. Right. Booth and Brennan have each other. And he's kind of like this odd man out. So we'll see. We shall see. And I'm really glad. I just want to say thank you to Mark and Greg for joining us. I'll just wait for Greg here. Thank you. Greg, I'm just thanking you and Mark right now. So thank you, Mark and Greg, for joining us tonight. I hope that it was everything you ever asked for and dreamed of. It's always, always a pleasure. Every, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. <laughs> it's always a pleasure 
to be on the show and to be heard. I was bragging down at the beach uh, how I was a guest on a podcast this evening. You know, (laughs) I love it. No, this episode will get aired. Will be aired soon too. Yes, it'll be in a few weeks. We're going to do, I mean, people who are listening now don't give a crap when it's being aired. But honestly, I'm just telling you guys, I'll probably cut this out. But we still have to record our season two recap. And then we'll release this after that. So it's going to be two, four weeks before this one goes out. Um, But I just, again, wanted to thank Mark and Greg for joining us tonight. It was wonderful to hear all your insights. And I loved hearing about the violinist, Franz, whatever his name was, Greg. Appreciate all your insight on that especially <laughs> Hendrik Hendrik oh, okay. Hendrik up the important details oh he's going to look it yes. up again we don't need to hear it again it's okay honey we're going to move on <laughs> I want to say Ignis. Ignis. thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode of Squintcast 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 Ding The toaster oven is is done. Yeah. Bye. So we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolance Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Dang. <laughs>